Welcome to Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon, episode 102. That's 102 for for the layman's. Yeah, that's a good fever degree. Have, uh, <laughs> 102 is not a good fever. No, that is a good fever. If you're over 98 degrees, something's wrong. So I'm saying it's, I'm not saying that fevers no, are good, but that's like an indicative temperature of a fever. Yeah, but no fever is good fever unless it's disco fever. Oh, wow. You got me. Uh, hold on. Let me. Average fever temperature. Hold on. Welcome to the random fandom. Uh, a temperature of over 100.4 Fahrenheit often means you have a fever caused by an infection or illness. What's the last thing that's caused you infection or illness? Hmm, probably the herpes you gave me. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the random. What are we talking about today? Speaking of hot, how are you? No, I'm very cool. Yo, yeah, we we got a we got a full on, show. We got a, we got a show. We got a full on conversation today. Spoiler full review of Wandavision. Yep, wanted to give it a little bit of time just so everyone can uh, be wrapped up with it. I actually just two nights ago wrapped up. I was not watching it um, week by week. This was the first Disney Plus show since Mandalorian that I've watched. And it's also the first Disney Plus show <laughs> since, Mandalorian. That I, since Mandalorian that I wasn't watching week by week. It didn't have me on that thread. Doesn't mean it was bad, but um, See, I just... I, I was totally week by week. I was, I was watching it, which to me, this, this show was, would have been much better personally. I, would, I always prefer it to be... What? A binge. Yes, a Netflix Bingeable. show where the whole thing comes out and I can watch four episodes in a row. I don't think Disney Plus is going to do that with anything. I don't I, think I, so either. I get the sense. They're, they're doing very well, very well, doing the one episode per week thing. and, and it's, Some people like getting strung along. There's you a know? lot of hype. Every, because it, I don't know if you're seeing all of this marketing that goes out in between each of the episodes. Oh, my God. It's, it's bombarding. Yeah, it's, it's almost too much because it's everywhere. If you're watching WandaVision, all of these things in, will come out and all these YouTube videos with speculations about what's happening. And it's exactly, I mean, it is exactly what Disney wants out of this show. They want it to be a cultural phenomenon. And I really think it's become that. And I think that we're probably the only five millionth podcast to talk about it, but, yeah, but so our- it goes. We're going to get into it in just a moment. Like Brandon said, it is going to contain spoilers. So Mm -hmm. if this is not for you, come back to us after you get to watch it to your heart's content. We're going to talk about all eight episodes, one season, question mark. I hate when people say question mark. Oh, there'll be more. For sure, there'll be more seasons. uh, Well, I guess we'll have to discuss it, won't we? Because I'm not sure that I got the same same sense. Anyways. Well, okay, we'll go into that. Sorry. Consider yourself tantalized. You've got the tease. We're getting to it. But first, we want to let you know who's making episode 102 or 102, if you so prefer, possible. Uh, I have Jewish blood in my family. Um, Like, where do you keep it? uh, In the refrigerator. Yeah, that's the safest place. 
Yeah. That's actually a really funny question. Good job. <laughs> I know you're the good looking of the two. I'm typically the funnier of the two. So yeah, just to see yeah. you come out of your lane, but also make a successful lane change. I was very happy for you. Oh, wow. Jewish cuisine, let's face it, probably not for everybody until now, because I want to let you know, you know about latkes, right? Mm-hmm. The, the potato pancake that just is typically pretty bland. I've heard of them. Because yeah. you haven't had Jewish potato pancakes like this. I want to let you know about a badass new product. It's called Boom Shotka Latkes. And these are latkes with attitude, with pizzazz. They're going to put the nail in your culinary coffin. You'll never go back to regular Jewish pancakes. Oh, no. These are Boom Shotka Latkes. Okay. So just get some at your kosher deli or whatever. Boom shakalakas. Get that tasty treat. Boom shakalakas. Made with no meat. Boom shakalakas. It's potatoes, yo. Boom shakalakas. Your mama's a hoe. Uh, okay. You know what's going to be better than Boom Shot Galakas? This podcast? This episode? Well, I hope it's not, it's not a high bar to clear, but it was funny to me at the time, so just... I agree. Just, I, indulge, it, indulge me. <laughs> well, thank you to Boom Shot Galakas. Am I saying it right? Some people say latkes, some people say latkes. It's really just depending on, you know, um, your preference, tomato, tomato. Although, have you genuinely, other than someone who's like straight English ever met someone who goes oh would you pass me a tomato no it's tomatoes so why is there even another option i don't want to get like all like well you, you did know, say it with an english accent how many people how many english people do you have dinner with two two oh, yeah none of them say tomato well one guy's welsh but he it, it it's british to my ear but he's welsh and he does say and he says garage and he says um hey Faye. What other words does Uncle Paul say with a British accent? Like garage, t- schedule. He says schedule, right? And tomato. <laughs> okay, thanks. What'd she say? She, yeah, and she, did, she didn't say many words, but with her words, she said, though not verbalized, stop bothering me. <laughs> yeah. Which in British would be like, in British, British is not a language. <laughs> but in British terms, it'd be like, I'd fancy you for not to bother me. I think something like that. <laughs> Anyways, boom shot galatkas or latkes. It's when you need that Jewish pancake, but you need it with a little more attitude. Yeah, we're going to put a pizzazz all over WandaVision. Season one, maybe the only. I Okay, let's just break it down right off the bat. Okay. This show was really boring in its first two episodes, but I get it. It was doing a world build, see, and you I, won't I, make it won't I make sense until you see. Oh, don't interrupt. You won't. It won't. The first two, maybe even three episodes, didn't make sense to me until you start to get the whole contextualization, yeah. which is later revealed in episodes like seven, eight, and nine. Or was there eight or nine episodes? I can't remember. I I don't know. Are you looking it up right now? Uh, if you don't mind, nine episodes confirmed. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. I just I kind of feel all over the place. Yeah. Well, and is indicative the show, of the show. The show yeah. was all over the place. So like, let's. It's it's not the feeling that you're getting. 
is sort of purposeful, right? Of like this mixed genre show where you like pick a lane already. Um, and, and I can see why the first two or three episodes are slow because they're, they're so, um, it's like you, you watch this entire half hour show that seems like a sitcom, say the first, first episode as an example. And only at the very end, do you get the sense that like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was, right? This isn't just a sitcom. It's something a little different, but then they, that's all they, they that's all they tease with. So it, yeah. it forces you every single episode, and and I could understand to a fault. Every episode, you get just a slight hint more. So it's trying to get you to put this puzzle together. It also, like I said before, when we before we started this conversation, was that it is it does exactly what Disney wants it to do, which is every week there's a slew of podcasts and videos on YouTube and conversations among friends and stipulating what is happening in this show. And so yeah, I see right. why if, if you're kind of frustrated that you're not getting the, the information that you want out of the first few episodes, I can understand why you were like, I'm bored. I want something to happen because it was a very slow trickle. But to me, I, there was something charming about it and I really liked it. And I, like, despite the fact that it was a mix of genres that it, it kind of like, it put the viewer in the same confusion of, of those that are in the story, like the FBI agents or, and the SWORD agents outside of Westview, right? It's like, it kind of put you in their head. Like they're trying to figure it out at the same time the audience is. I thought it was done well though. Like I appreciated that confusion. Confusion, yes, but in the end, it's like, oh, this is just exactly what you thought it was. It's just basically a big allegory for her grieving. Yeah, and, and especially wasn't really anything more than that. Especially if you knew the source material from the comics that it was very loosely based off of, you pretty quickly were already having a an understanding of what was happening like if you knew once you know anybody who knew her powers from the uh the comics would be like oh pretty sure this whole world she's making is fake and then yeah. exactly what happens to be by the force of will and mind and power the of course this show like you said weekly discussions and one day there's six days for people to speculate whether on their youtube channels or just with their mates at the uh the, the office water cooler or over zoom or whatever. I, I did appreciate the awareness of the MCU as it is, you know, like little things like, Oh, well, you know, her power and someone else speculating about, Oh, well, she, she's powerful enough to take out Thanos. Well, actually I thought Captain Marvel was the only one or, you know, just little fun discussions like that in episode. And then, yeah, it had uh, you know, I still didn't understand why they did the Evan Peters thing. I mean, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. Evan with, Pe oh, the, the, the Quicksilver. Quicksilver guy? The, but the, screw with the audience. They, sort of. it, whereas it was like that Aaron Johnson, the guy from Kick-Ass before, which was funny because later that episode when he's reintroduced, but, you know, they are aware of the fact like, oh, she cast him differently. They like, who's that? this guy? They recast Pietro? <laughs> But then in that same episode, they very deliberately said something was kick ass. 
again, little like, huh, you know, winks to the camera sometimes because the guy who voiced or voiced played the original Quicksilver, you know, was in Kick-Ass. And, but I don't know. It just, I kept waiting for something to happen. And I just felt like every week you get, start with a crumb, you get, you know, a little bit bigger, but I just never found that I, I had something to sink my teeth into. And ultimately it just felt very all for naught. You know what I mean? Because I vision's not vision's not coming back. These kids aren't real. Well, you know. Well, actually, <laughs> I, I didn't get the sense of that. I mean, I don't know if we want to jump to the end, but I actually, I, I mean, mean, that was the most impactful episode, really. So, you said, granted, that's, that's a finale's job. Yeah, that's true. You say you say vision's not coming back, but there is a vision. White vision is in the world, and it has it's sword vision. What? Wasn't that sword vision? Yeah, or yeah, white vision, sword vision, whatever. But he's out there and he now has all the memories of the original vision. So how is he powered up? I didn't understand that because he doesn't have the Mind Stone. He doesn't have the Mind Stone. They didn't really specify, but I think however it is, they remade him. And um, so- Because first he was living off of um, Ultron's consciousness, basically. And then, you know, they powered him up with the Mind Stone. So how was, I just, I did, didn't understand how he's- Consciousness, it was- um, uh, Or I'm sorry, Stark Industries, Jarvis. Jarvis. My bad. Yeah. So he was an AI that was given life because of the stone. Now they created a new AI without that stone to give it a soul in a way, like to give it a personality right. in life. Um, but Vision in his recreation- somehow was able to like either give white vision or unlock white visions memory because really it's the same physical body as it was before so within the circuitry and memory i think what they were doing is is that all that those memories are still there and then um you know wanda's fake vision in a sense was able to unlock that so you do have a full vision out there that is trying to come to terms with its humanity and has the memories of the original vision so i mean he's gonna i really feel like he's gonna come back and he's gonna be a part of the stories going forward personally do they just now live in this universe that they've created on the small screen or or do they somehow factor into the larger next phase of MCU? Yes, that. From <laughs> what I understand is they, like the, the TV shows, obviously with a smaller budget and, and less popularity, but the TV shows are all fully a part of the MCU. Like they will weave in. I mean, for example, we've got Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We will probably get another captain america movie without steve rogers as captain america so this is like them building up to it i think okay I'm, i mean i'm assuming but i just the whole concept of wanda vision it seems like it was just a limited series a la like a queen's gambit or something like that it feels like it's just isolated and this is the only I don't feel like there's going to be a season two, or if it is, it can't be called WandaVision in the same sense as like, she's not in this controlled environment anymore. That's a, that is ultimately affecting real reality based on her 
powers. You know, I just like now it's like going to be out in the world again. Well, I think not the what was it? The hex they called it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, because that's gone, right? It is. But I, but I want to point out that I, I like the fact that season one, WandaVision, forces itself to be completely different than season two, if there is one. So oh, that's, that's, that's fair. Season two is not going to feel like a, a rehash of a multi-genre type series. It's going to be a little more focused. It's going to have to be more focused because yeah. the they might do a lot of these, um, you know, solve the puzzle, what's really happening type of thing, but they, they, it's not going to be around the same a structure of her creating this town, you know, a, yeah. a world for her to live in. It'll have to be something different. Like maybe her uh, unlocking her abilities and recognizing her past with um, as the Scarlet Witch, right? Or I say her past, I mean like the past of the lineage of witches sort of and how she ties into that. And um, who knows, Agatha Harkness will, you know, she's still alive, she'll come back. So in the comic books, Agatha Harkness actually trains Scarlet Witch at some point. So mm. maybe, maybe as she's like, you know, who knows what next season will be, but maybe Agatha Harkness is brought back to train her in a way. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't quite understand her motivation pertaining to Wanda. It's like she wanted her to see things about herself, but she wanted to harvest her children or I, I, I didn't quite understand her. She just, she just wanted to take her power. Oh. So she um, was, but it, it was um, weird though, that Agatha Harkness was putting on this facade of being a friendly neighbor. Um, it was, it, I, I don't know. I didn't really get her long game. I'm like, well, so was she really a resident of Westview that then played along in this reality or is she, I, I, I didn't understand how she came so to be. She, in, so she's, she was just a witch out in the world found out. I, and I, they kind of touched on this. I can't remember exactly how or when in the show, but she somehow found out that like, there's this big magical thing happening. Like maybe she can sense it or something. And so she went there and realized, wow, this person is incredibly powerful. The, the only person who can have this type of power is the Scarlet Witch. So she came in from the outside and yet Scarlet didn't, or Scarlet, Wanda didn't detect her, whereas she was detecting Rambo and sent her away. Because, but, because she also had a power. So she was able to kind of push it back, I think. I think, I don't know. You know she also created, um, the new Quicksilver, or not created, but like turned somebody else into the new Quicksilver yeah. and made Wanda feel like she did it, which is interesting, right? Like Wanda thought that she brought her own brother back. So like, it, it's, it's, we're trying to rationalize magic versus magic. And I think we just need to take it for what it is in the story. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But I did like, you know, something to point out is that this show started as like a 50s sitcom and it was very lighthearted and, and felt like, a, you know, an I Love Lucy type episode. And it was kind Dick of Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. I thought it was kind of fun. And then all of a sudden there'd be this little odd twist where it was like, whoa, something darker is happening. 
And then, you know, the next episode after that was the 60s and then the 70s and then the 80s and the 90s, which um, I didn't mind. I feel like it kind of got old, but and, and yeah, it, we didn't, it was yeah. a bit disjointed. And I feel like in a half hour show, we didn't need like this three minute intro every time. Of, right. You know, there, there are little criticisms like that. But overall, I thought they did a really good job of kind of having this happy family and town structure with this understanding that there's this darkness behind some everything and you also yeah. realize that the main character who's supposed to be the protagonist is almost like the worst antagonist i know right i wasn't sure if i was rooting for her by the end and it goes against this whole structure of the show goes against the storytelling that we're used to right marvel uses the hero's journey story structure in every movie they do i mean really yeah they, like they, they decided to completely scrap that here and it it almost makes it you're, you're you don't even know am, am i supposed to be rooting for wanda even though she's literally like uh she's basically body snatching people yeah she's body snatching people she's using them as like captured slaves almost just to make herself feel better. She doesn't- But really it was born out of a great sadness, you know? So it's almost like, yep. and that was, that was really like pulling out the heartstrings when granted, I know, you know, Vision is not a human, but it's, it's a consciousness and a sentient being that she fell in love with. And you see him like basically in pieces, you know, and granted it's just a body at that point, but you know, it's the person she loves and she, the sight just draws her or brings her to like madness, you yep. know? And I was, that was, and I thought they did a really good, because let's face it, we know who she is. You don't know a whole lot about her. I mean, I thought they did that character such a disservice, her and her brother in uh, Age of Ultron, which again is probably the lamest of the, well, certainly the Avengers movies, but that's like phase and beyond mm -hmm. for Marvel movies as a whole. But, you know, like they, they were, I, I, I thought they, contextualize her and made her such a more well-rounded character by saying oh this is her and her brother yes they want to work for uh, hydra but it was born out of a sadness because their parents you know were basically blown up and you know oh but you know even though bombs were and shells and mortars were going off outside dad would bring home some dvds for them to watch so i thought they made her a much more sympathetic sympathetic character yeah knowing more of her past yeah. but still she was, like you said, almost like the perfect antagonist too, because she was really using people in a not nice way. Yeah. But it's almost like they were collateral damage. Not That's like she was seeking out to like basically hold people hostage inside her mind or something rather. They were just, it was a result of what had happened rather than an intention. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? No, it totally does. I mean, it, she's a, she became like this, sympathetic villain almost or um this mix of a protagonist and antagonist where you realize that the person you're rooting for is also the person that you want to stop stop you know because she's hurting others and yeah. it, there's this line at the end that um rambo says to her where where she's she's defeated agatha and she's walking down the street and everybody who is out of the spell right they're all they know who they are and they have the memories of what had happened and they're all staring at her like she's the villain and uh rambo 
Is it Maria Rambo? Is that her name? No. Or is yeah. Her... Okay. Let's go with that. <laughs> okay. And she says to her, they don't know, they don't know what you gave up for them. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. They gave up their entire being. They gave up their family. They're, throughout the season, there are times where they said that, you know, somebody's daughter, like, just stopped existing or, or whatever, because it didn't work within the world, right? And yeah. that's messed up. So the whole idea of like, they don't know what you gave up, like you had to give up your family. Well, so did everyone else in the town, literally. Like, it's they, like they were, had their own personal blip, if you will, which yeah. they referenced. So I kind of like felt that, um, I, I don't know, my, my empathy almost took over for the rest of the townspeople where I, was, mm-hmm. I just wanted wanted to actually almost be defeated at the end it was kind of a weird feeling because she's the protagonist sort of i just don't see how they're going to factor into the larger marvel story big screen anyways like what's their play now i don't know i mean you have three new characters well you have four characters that you can do something with um, Wanda is now out in the middle of the world learning new magic and at some point they especially with the multiverse issue um, if she pulls from a different magical source the Doctor Strange Doctor Strange but they both are incredibly powerful so she could come back in in some multiverse of madness storyline or something along the multiverse in general yeah. um, Paul Bettany's uh, or vision can come back at really any time to just be an additional hero. And then you have Rambo who in the comic books sooner or later becomes a new Captain Marvel, which I think would be way better than the current Captain Marvel. And then you also have Agatha Harkness who could be either a new mentor slash trainer or could be a new villain. I don't know. I just, I feel like they're, they're open. They can do whatever they want with it now. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I'm not going to try to be smug or something like that, but when they announced their lineup for the small screen Marvel on Disney plus, and the th- first three chronologically were determined to be WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki, Loki vision, Loki Chronicles. Loki. Does Loki have a name to it, or is it just Loki? I feel like there's like a, a subtitle to it. I think it's just Loki. No. I remember feeling the least excited for this, mm-hmm. and I I'm not gonna be like, well, I'm totally justified, but I just don't feel like, like, oh man, was I wrong? I'm like, eh. ultimately, it was just like a, it's just basically an excuse to Easter egg a bunch of stuff. It felt like, mm-hmm. not bad, not great. I. uh, at the time of this recording, I just started Falcon Winter Soldier, and I can already say, not that they're the same thing, but they are characters in the shared universe. It's way more my speed. Right. I did like WandaVision because it felt like it was a fever dream of hers, but they played out in reality. So it's almost like you get that delusional sense of wonderment a la Wizard of Oz. Like, oh, you were this person in my dream and you were this person, but it also is still happening in some sense of reality a la a Truman show. 
Mm-hmm. So it kind of felt like Truman Show meets Marvel meets Wizard of Oz. Very, very much so. Truman Show is a good connection, actually. It's very. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it had those vibes right off the bat, even it from really the, the trailer. Also, um, it, it I felt like every episode did the the Lost strategy, where every and the end of every episode was like this new semi cliffhanger. Um, mm-hmm. But I I didn't I felt like it was pretty forced, but not to its detriment because there was only nine episodes so it's not like you had to wait long to figure it out unlike lost where you know you go through what all eight seasons only to get the shit ending at the end so i felt like to me i enjoyed the structure i really appreciated the fact that they were willing to go away from the normal structure of marvel and do something different and tell a story in a different way and um so in that sense but then of course it's still tied into the the characters and the stories that i love so I really appreciated it and enjoyed it. And yes, it wasn't without its faults, but overall, to me, I would give the, like, you know, if we're gonna do a rating again um, on a one to 10, I really enjoyed this and I would give it like a, an 8.5 or something. Yeah, to me, it was, it was good TV, but it wasn't must see. It wasn't like, oh, I can't, is it Friday again? Like the same sensation I got from the boys or Mandalorian, like, you know, Thursday night at nine o'clock, I'm already know what I'm doing. It's just like, I'll get to it when I can. I didn't feel a sense of urgency with it. I felt like the finale, I don't know how I want to phrase this, but one way or another, either the buildup to the finale couldn't have been paid off or the finale didn't pay off all the buildup in the previous eight episodes. Yeah. Um, it was enjoyable. I would say it's like average TV. It's like seven for me. Okay. Never bad. Obviously very well crafted. And I mean, the people who make anything Marvel nowadays, especially between the movies and the shows are so just in step with continuity, even though this was a very much more obscure and freelance version of, uh, the, uh, small scale MCU, but continuity is so there. And I, I really do appreciate that. And man, you know, I, of course, this is already, I've already read this on the internet, so I'm not going to like claim this as a, an original thought, but if, um, what's her name doesn't get nominated for TV awards, what are TV awards? Grammys? What are, <laughs> Emmy. There you go. I, she deserves some consideration because Which, she played a character that was a different character in every episode, basically, but it was the same character motivated by the same, but she was like, and she's like, oh, 50s wife versus like, you know, the 2000s talking to the camera a la Modern Family or Office. And then, I don't know. I just liked it. I thought the the one point where I was like, oh, she's badass is when she stepped out of the hex, basically, and told him to stay away. That was cool. I was just like, oh, don't mess with her. And like, oh, she's not just clear cut good guy. I thought that was a cool moment. Me too. But I, overall. Know, I think when I think Wanda did great. I think Paul Bettany did even better. Oh, he was good. He was super good. Oh, good in that role, man. Yeah, he's a very sympathetic character. They gave him, like, for basically just being, you know, a data processing with invulnerability at points and super fighting skills. They gave him a lot of heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and he did really well in the, the comedic parts, surprisingly well. Oh, yeah. For, for such and I like how... A dead, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, for such a deadpan type character, yeah. he, he was able to shine more in this in this um, show than he has in any other movie. Yeah, you're right. I just, uh, yeah, it, it was good. It was fine. Okay, so I think that's a good place to wrap it up. I, I give it in, what I say, 8.5, you give it a seven. Uh, overall, I think it's worth watching, especially if you're a fan. 
Um, but as Brandon says, not totally a, a must watch, especially if you're not a big fanboy like us of the of Marvel and comic book movies and all that. So, uh, all right. What do we have to end it with, Brandon? We've got, you've got a shadow. This time around, my good friend. Oh, here I am leaning into the mic, sorry. This time around, I would like to present you and our listeners with a shadow of the synopsis. Um, it is either, as you may or may not know, based off a comic, a movie, a TV show, a game, something like that. And uh, I will try to be generous, but not too giving. Are you okay with that? Yes, sir. All right, give me just a second. I'm going to pull this up. This story follows a mysterious man who seems to have no name, but he does have multiple jobs, which include a garage mechanic, a Hollywood stuntman, and mostly by night, a getaway driver. All the while, he is trying to escape his shady past while he finds himself falling for his neighbor. His neighbor, by the way, whose husband is in prison and she is left looking for their child alone. Looking after their child alone. She's not looking for their child. That'd be really sad. Meanwhile, our protagonist's garage mechanic boss is trying to set up a race team using dirty money, gangland money, which implicates our hero or our protagonist as he is used to be the race team's main operator. Our protagonist gets more than he bargained for when he meets the man who is married to the woman he finds himself loving, hmm. a.k.a. his neighbor. I was pretty tight, but if you know it, you know it. I, you know, I don't know. Um, I think that I, like the, the story sounds sort of familiar, but not to a point where it's, I'm connecting any dots. So I'm going to have to give up and uh, say, I don't, I don't know this one. What if I give you a quote inside the quote? Sure. Wait. Okay. Wait, a quote inside the shadow. Yeah. Okay. Here's our protagonist. There's a hundred thousand streets in the city. You don't need to know the route. You give me a time, you give me a place, and I give you a five minute window. Anything happens in that five minute window and I'm yours, no matter what. Anything happens a minute either side of that and you're on your own. Do you understand? So the only thing I can think of, and the quote didn't, the, once again, the quote actually sounds familiar too, but um, the only thing I can think of is that Drive movie, um, I think it's just called Drive. The guy with the scorpion jacket um, from the Notebook. Okay, so I want to ask you because these are actually similar in my mind. There's a movie called Drive with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and there's a movie called Driver with Ryan Gosling, who you're referring to. Mm. Quite similar movies, but that's what's to say it's even a movie. Yeah, I, I mean, just want you to take a stab at it. I, I, my, the only stab I'm going to take is um, at Ryan Gosling. Where on his body? <laughs> right in that manly chest of his. Oh, okay. I thought. Well, so, so uh, I'll say driver. I don't think I'm right, but I'll say driver. It is driver, actually. Is it really? So, I don't. I didn't like that movie. It was really boring. It was. There was like some awesome action scenes, but it was just like very. The pacing, I know a lot of people like it and it's already 10 years old and yeah, never really rated for me. Nope, I always really didn't like it and I thought it was boring and I thought his character was so bland and deadpan and not fun and 
shall okay, we? Well, you don't have to take it out on me. I was just trying to do this thing we do sometimes at the end <laughs> of our episodes. I think that's why I didn't really like, I mean, that was what came to mind, but I was like, I'm just, I have no idea. And it's also starring, I'll have you know, Ron Perlman, Brian Cranston, Oscar Isaac, and Carrie Mulligan, quite the cast, but okay. kind of a forgettable movie. It's forgettable for like the right reasons, and it's unforgettable for the wrong reasons. And I'm just wordsmithing because I'm just, sure. I tend to ramble on at the end of an episode. No. Brandon, good 102nd recording. Would you agree? Would I agree that this was our 102nd? Eh. Then yes. <laughs> well, you know what we forgot to do last time is we forgot to say, hey, make sure to keep up to date with all we got going on. Find us on Twitter, email us, all that stuff. So would you just indulge that real quick? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll indulge. Randomfandomcast at gmail.com is our email. And then we really also is. have Twitter at randomfandomwbb that we never use. But please give us a reason. Connect with us one way or yeah. another. Let us know if you have any opinions, thoughts. I think the next thing we probably should talk about if like we're like forecasting, we got to talk about the Zack Snyder cut. Yeah, you you and I both started it. Um, yeah. We are a long way from finishing. I am watching that in like 10 to 20 minute chunks because that's, you know, while I'm eating cereal in the morning or just like if there's a chunk of time where, you know, Emily is doing her puzzle or something and I have some free time that I don't feel like playing video games, I'll watch that. But I'm certainly not watching it on this long four hour chunk. I, no, hell no. I cannot. To eat their own, but not for me. Okay, so we'll uh, come back with the uh, random fandom cut next time. Yeah. And uh, you stay, um... oh wait, I say thank you for being a fan of our fandom. And I say stay geeky.